Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. We have a jam-packed Thursday show for you as we start our preparation for Sunday night's game between the Packers and the Giants. You know, usually we spend three days on these matchups, but our podcast with Daniel Kramer yesterday condensed our Packers-Giants conversation into two days. So we'll break down some matchups today, and then on Friday it's our weekly Behind Enemy Lines segment, this week with Art Stapleton of Locked On Giants and NorthJersey.com. So let's get on with the show. Second down will be the Packers offense versus the Giants defense. Third down will be the Packers defense versus the Giants offense. And fourth down, we look at the special teams and a few other interesting odds and ends. But first, it's first down, and look at the numerous storylines for Sunday night's game. Where do you even start for this game? A lot of storylines. I think we'll start with the national angle, and that would be Odell Beckham Jr. And the trials and tribulations of the third-year wide receiver. You know, when the going has gotten tough, OBJ's tempers got going. A couple weeks ago gets Washington's Josh Norman, his personal nemesis. OBJ's temper went off and he beat up on a kicking net. Then last week he got into it with Vikings cornerback Xavier Rhodes, who, who helped hold Beckham Jr. to three catches and a career low 23 yards. So how will Beckham bounce back? It's exactly what I asked Eli Manning during our conference call with the Giants quarterback on Wednesday night. Manning said, you know, I think we'll have a great week of preparation and come out ready to play. We've got to be ready and make sure we're getting him the opportunities to make some plays. I think he'll be ready to rock. I was looking at uh, Beckham's career game logs earlier this week, and he really has not had many bad games. He entered the season 23 career games, 25 touchdowns. I mean, that is unbelievable production. But in four games this year, no touchdowns. I think that's kind of part of Beckham's frustration there is he just hasn't gotten up to his lofty caliber of play. It's not all him, though. A lot of the Giants were in defense of him. Um, in a story by Stapleton, he talked to uh, guard Justin Pugh, and Pugh said, quote, this is 11-on-11 fo- football. If he doesn't have a good game, maybe it's because we let up our pressure or something didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen. We've got to go out and do our jobs so he can be successful, too, and vice versa. If I was going out there and I was an all-pro player and I'm not playing at that level or if things aren't going the way I want them to, that's frustrating. But it's tough to see him, a 23-year-old kid. Every little thing he does is all over SportsCenter. He's going to have a chance this week, obviously. I mean, Green Bay's pass defense has been atrocious. The end of this week's game ranked 29th in yards allowed per game. And I think, the, and we got into this the other day, but the matchup between Demarius Randall and Beckham is really fascinating to me. Beckham's due for a big game, and Randall had a great game against Jacksonville in Week 1, uh, a bad game against Minnesota in Week 2, um, an up-and-down game against Detroit in Week 3. On Wednesday, Randall called Beckham a top-five wide receiver, and really nobody in Green Bay's camp cares about the 
the fireworks of Beckham and, and trying to play into that. As Randall said, quote, Beckham is a great, great receiver. And I mean, I don't pay attention to all the off-the-field issues that's going on with him. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just watching his film, and Beckham is a great, great receiver. And I got the, a question on Twitter. You know, should the Packers, you know, try to, you know, goad him into some of this stuff? You know, I don't think so. I think if you're Green Bay's DBs, I think you've got to play to your personality. If your personality is to come out and talk trash and stuff like that, then by all means, go do it. But I, I think if you fall into that trap of, of trying to do, you know, trying to goad him into something or, you know, try to tick him off or get in his head, at that point, I think he's in your head, isn't he? I, I, I think you just got to go play your game. And if your game is, you know, being a no-nonsense, take-care-of-business guy, then then I think that's what you got to do. I, I, I think you get in a danger when you're focusing on anything besides your job. And I think focusing on on trying to get under his skin is is just a, a, a waste. And, you know, Randall's a very confident guy. I don't know if he's a big trash talker, though. Well, Quentin Rollins, as cornerbacks coach Joe White likes to say, doesn't doesn't say a word to anybody. And that's the same deal with Ladarius Gunter, too. So I think ultimately it's going to be Randall against Beckham here. And I, I wouldn't expect Randall to get into much of a drawing match either. Uh, another storyline, of course, would be Ben McAdoo's homecoming. McAdoo, the first-year Giants head coach, uh, was part of Mike McCarthy's original staff here. He was uh, the tight ends coach from 2006 through 11, then coached the quarterbacks in 12 and 13. Then he was off to the Giants to be offensive coordinator in 14 and 15, and then this is his first year as a head coach. Obviously, the obvious question here from McAdoo is, what, what does it mean to come home? And Sorry, this is not exciting stuff here, folks. Here's, here's McAdoo. You know, I haven't given it much thought. It's a quick week for us this week. Playing on Monday night, fast turnaround. I'm sure I'll have some thoughts and emotions when I walk through the tunnel for the first time. You know, speaking of that, talk about getting hosed. I don't know who makes the the NFL schedule for it's done by a, a computer or or some guy in his mom's basement. But how on earth do the Packers get a bye and the Giants play on Monday night, then have a Sunday game, so they have a short week and they're both on the road? That is just that's terrible. Good luck for the Packers, but, but that's. That's a bad, bad schedule. Anyway, you know, with all that um, experience in Green Bay, he knows the inner workings of the offense. So I, I think you, there might be some sort of advantage there. You know, the, the Giants' scheme is the same. Basically, it's a lot of three wide receivers and shotgun. And I, and I would think McAdoo brought Green Bay's verbiage in New York. Of course, that's a few years ago, and, and things have changed, I think, on both sides. But... I would think McAdoo has a pretty good grasp of what Green Bay wants to do, their tendencies, what Rodgers likes to do, and I'm sure he's imparted a lot of that on the defense, even though he said it's not a factor. Here's what he said. I think Aaron and Mike, they do a nice job, as well as the rest of the staff each season, going through and self-scouting not only the scheme but themselves and the things they can do different and better. So I'm not counting on that for much. Um, to the reporters in New York, McAdoo was asked, if Rodgers had any weaknesses he can exploit, McAdoo's answer was a simple no. <laughs> and and one other uh, storyline here, Aaron Rodgers versus Eli Manning. You're talking about two great quarterbacks, Pey uh, almost call him Peyton, Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl champion. This would be including playoffs, his 199th consecutive start. Regular season games, only 298 touchdown passes. 99 wins, so there's some milestones coming up. 
Manning kind of shrugged all those off when I talked to him on the, on the conference call yesterday. I did talk to McAdoo. I asked if there's any common thread between Rodgers and Manning. And here's what McAdoo had to say on that. He says, quote, I think being around franchise quarterbacks and being around Brett, as in Brett Favre, too, I think the competitive drive, the consistency and preparation, being able to articulate what's happening on the field and the ability they had to see the entire field is always something that's unbelievable to me. Just how slow the game is for them. The Packers are in the middle of a four-game homestand with some really good matchups with the Giants, Cowboys, and Bears coming up. You want to get in the game, don't you? Well, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being at Lambeau Field for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any other game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced tickets and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy in SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your rebate on tickets, one, download the SeatGeek app. Two, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Third, enter my promo code LOPackers. That's L for locked, O for on, Packers. L-O-Packers. And then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOPackers today. And that brings us to second down, and they'd be the matchups for Green Bay on offense. They're going to be going against the Giants defense that spent a lot of money this offseason. Cornerback Janoris Jenkins, defensive end Olivier Vernon, and defensive tackle Damon Harrison. Three players, a combined $104 million in guaranteed money, and a total contract payout of $194 million. Yeah, that's not Green Bay's offseason, is it? Well, it hasn't panned out to date. It's early, obviously, a quarter of the way into the season. The Giants' run defense has been really good here, and I think it's one key here for the Packers is finding some sort of balance. Eddie Lacy averaging five yards a carry, coming off a real big game against Detroit. The Giants, though, allowing just 3.2 yards per carry. That run defense anchored by Harrison. Here's a great Harrison story here for you. I do a, come draft time, I do something called the Pro Day Tour, and it tracks where the Packers scouts are. Well, one year... Ted Thompson was at, I think it was Iowa State. He was at Iowa State's Pro Day, and he was there, I was told, to scout Harrison. Harrison was a uh, defensive tackle from William Penn, I believe a Division III school in Iowa. That is the very same day that Jeff Saturday took his, pre, took his uh, free agent visit to the Packers. So that tells you Thompson's role in free agency and how much he cares about it. Jeff Saturday visiting the Packers, Ted Thompson, visit, or Ted Thompson scouting a kid from William Penn. Harrison's a hell of a good player, though. And they're going to have to, the Packers are going to have to get some sort of balance here to keep this from being a, a one-sided attack. In the passing game, it starts with protecting Aaron Rodgers on paper. The Giants have a good pass rush. 
Jason Pierre-Paul had 12 and a half sacks in 2014, 16 and a half sacks in 2011. As you probably recall, there was that fireworks incident that heavily damaged one of Pierre-Paul's hands. He's got one sack this season. He'll probably go up against Packers right tackle Brian Balaga. The other end is Olivier Vernon. 25 sacks in his last three years of the Dolphins. One this year for the Giants. He'll go up against left tackle David Bakhtiari, who's had a tremendous season. Interestingly, the Giants have four sacks in four games, and two of those are by defensive backs. I mean, this is the state of things. You know, defensive quinter Steve Spagnolo is kind of renowned for his blitz packages and all that. So far, it hasn't panned out with just four sacks, but I don't think you can just assume that Rodgers is going to have all sorts of time in the pocket. Another thing with those DNs, it's a short week for them, and they've played a lot of snaps. Both those guys averaging over 90% of snaps per game. They're around 94% against the Vikings. You wonder how fresh those guys are going to be to uh, take on the Packers. And if, and if Rodgers gets time, this, this giant secondary could be ripe for the pickings. Against the Vikings last week, first-round pick Eli Apple, their cornerback. Third-round pick Damon, Darian Thompson, a safety, didn't play. Neither did veteran cornerback Dominique rodgers Cromarty. So that's three of their top five DBs out against the Vikings. At Wednesday's practice, no Apple, no Thompson. Um, rodgers Cromarty was limited. It's going to mean a lot of playing time for Trevin Wade and Leon Hall. Wade entered the league in 2011, zero career picks. Leon Hall used to be a, a real ball hawk, but he's 31 and past his prime. So I would think Green Bay's got some, some opportunities here. But... Can they deliver? Aaron Rodgers, 98.6 pass rating, thanks to the Detroit game. So he ranks high in the league in that, but he's 27th in completion percentage and 25th in yards per pass attempt. So we'll see if Rodgers can build upon that Detroit game, if he figured out something to kind of get him back into a groove. I asked McAdoo about what he's seen from Rodgers, and he said, I think Aaron's looking good. I think Minnesota's a tough place to play with that crowd noise. First game in that stadium is a challenge. I think they had a challenging opener in Jacksonville. It's tough to prepare for the heat that they saw there, but they moved the ball. They were productive. It was a big win for them. And then obviously, when you play in Lambeau Field, it's a little different animal there. Great home field advantage. They always excel in Lambeau. On the third down, and that's the key matchups with Green Bay on defense. In this game, you'd think it would be all about the passing game. New York has not run the ball well. Leading rusher Shane Vereen's on IR. Rashad Jennings, a 230-pound veteran, stepped in his place, but he missed last week's game with a thumb injury. In four games, the Giants have rushed for 375 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, so that's not much of a run game. And, of course, Green Bay's run defense has been lights out, easily the number one ranked unit in the NFL. There are 19 TFLs in the first three games, more than any other team in four games. Now, the question is here, can Green Bay cover when the Giants pass? Opponents have a 105.3 pass rating against the Packers. Eli Manning, you know, even with last week's game against the Giants, incredibly accurate, a veteran guy. And he's got three terrific targets. Odell Beckham Jr., obviously. Ricky Sterling Shepard is one smooth guy in the slot. That's 20 catches, 263 yards for him. And wily old veteran Victor Cruz, 16 catches, 245 yards. And the running backs, too, don't, don't discount them. Bobby Rainey had seven catches last week. And Paul Perkins, a guy who I like from US, from USC, from UCLA last week, 67-yard catch and run versus Minnesota. Not a power guy, but shifty, a speed guy. Kind of reminded me of uh, Jonathan Franklin, um, another a former Packers pick from UCLA. 
but Perkins has some more speed there. You certainly would expect Giants quarterback Eli Manning to attack that pass defense, which is, which is really suffered without Sam Shields the last two and a half games. Quarterbacks averaging 330 passing yards per game this year. Here's Mike Coach Mike McCarthy on that. I think statistics are starting points. It's really the introduction of what you really need to dive into, and that's the video and ultimately the fundamentals and techniques. You can see in training camp the ability to compete at the breaking point of a receiver's route, and challenging routes is definitely something I feel like we've improved on. Now with that, our younger guys need to get back at it. It's something that we're obviously focused on, and a lot of that comes with confidence, familiarity, and how they're being utilized. It's certainly the help of the Packers could pressure Manning, but that's a hard thing to do. Manning's a veteran quarterback. He's seen it all. He's done it all, and he gets that ball out quick. In four games, he's been sacked six times. That's a pretty good number. In three games, Green Bay's got 10 sacks, so that'll be an interesting matchup there. The Giants' offensive tackles, I think, are key. Left tackle Eric Flowers was their first-round pick last year. He gave up six sacks, according to stats, last year. And he was ProFootballFocus.com's worst-rated pass-protecting offensive tackle last year. This year, in four games, no sacks, but five penalties. So he's been better, but not been great. Right tackle's a mess. You know, Marshall Newhouse is the guy there if he's healthy. But look, you, you guys know Marshall Newhouse. I don't need to explain. He's, he's uh, a below-average Offensive tackle, you know, his feet were probably his best part of his game, but he's, he's gotten a bit older. He's kind of lost a bit of the feet, and he's never been a power guy. And at right tackle, you need power. So that's not a good matchup. And, you know, if Nick Perry goes against Newhouse, that's advantage Perry in an over, overwhelming fashion. But in that pressure, the edge pressure is going to be key. Can, can Matthews beat Flowers? I mean, Flowers is a big, long, strong guy, but feet are not his thing. He's probably a... It's interesting, you know, the Flowers is probably a right tackle. And Newhouse, you know, just because of his feet, is probably a left tackle. But the Giants have gone the other way there. You know, but but can can Green Bay get uh, edge pressure? Can can Matthews beat Flowers with his quickness? And can Perry and Peppers and Dayton Jones beat Newhouse with his physicality? Because you don't want to have to blitz Eli Manning. Because, you know, he's a wily old pro. He's seen every blitz a thousand times. And I, I did, and I think if you blitz a guy like that, you run a risk of getting burned. And I think you saw some of that against the Giants last week, where, where, or against the Lions a couple weeks ago, where Matthew Stafford is a tremendous quarterback against the blitz. So Dom Capers didn't blitz; he just sat back and he rushed with four and played coverage. Of course, Stafford beat that too. So, you know, that's where your, your coverage and, and pass rush has to tie together. And for Green Bay, it's got to tie together better than it did against the Lions. And finally, fourth down, some odds and ends, starting with the special teams matchups. Giants kicker Josh Brown led the NFL in field goal accuracy last year. Imagine that, an outdoor kicker, a cold-weather kicker, leading the league in accuracy. He was 93% missed two field goals all year. A real asset. Punter Brad Wing, a big leg. But here's, look, check out this number. He's beating his counterpart, Green Bay's Jacob Shum, by eight yards per punt. But Shum is winning net punt by one and a half yards per punt. Um, wing, they're, he's, uh, opponents are averaging more than 10 yards per punt return, and he's got four touchbacks. So that's uh, not, not a strength at all for the Giants there. The returner, Dwayne Harris, a super explosive guy, had touchdowns on kickoffs and punts in 2014. But he's got some ball security issues. He muffed the punt against the Vikings last week. That led to an early touchdown. Next, the injury report. Uh, Green Bay, without two guys at Wednesday's practice, tight end Jared Cook with a high ankle sprain. 
and cornerback Sam Shields with that concussion. The Giants were without five starters for the Minnesota game, then lost another during that game. I had, on Wednesday's practice, cornerback Eli Apple, safety Darian Thompson, right tackle Marshall Newhouse, and running back Rashad Jennings. Four, those four guys did not play against the Vikings, and they did not practice on Wednesday. Ted and Larry Donnell, who suffered a concussion in that Vikings game, also did not practice. Cornerback Dominique rodgers Cromartie, who set out the Vikings game, was limited at practice with a groin injury. Now, because the, because the Giants played Monday night, it was only a jog-through practice Wednesday, so I think the Thursday injury report will be more telling of who may or may not be playing on Sunday night. Next, will you watch the game or the presidential debate on Sunday night? Well, of course you're going to watch the game. That's kind of a stupid question. Uh, quarterback Aaron Rodgers has asked about that, about going head-to-head with the debate at his lock run on Wednesday. Rodgers said, The last one was pretty interesting. Maybe not in the way that voters want, but at Sunday night football, always great ratings. I think we're a pretty good draw. The state of this country makes those a little more interesting because I think everybody's a little worried about the candidates as they're portrayed at the moment. But we don't worry about that stuff. We just go out and play. It's fun to be on Sunday Night Football. It's even more fun to be on Sunday Night Football at home. Um, another note here for you. Eli Manning, 2-3 and three against the Packers in the regular season, 2-0 and oh in the playoffs. And you know those games. The 2007 NFC Championship, Giants 23, Packers 20. Then the 2011 Divisional Playoffs, Giants 37, Packers 20. Both those games at home. The uh, championship game, minus one at kickoff, minus 23 at the wind chill. The, uh, the divisional game, the Packers, of course, were 15-1 in the regular season, then 1-1 one one to them in the playoffs. Eli, and Eli was asked about the, uh, the championship game. He said, quote, At the time, I thought it would be Brett Favre's last game. It ended up not being. Then ended up being whatever it was, negative 21 degrees, cold weather. Going in there and winning that game, was one of my great experiences of all time and great feelings. Very special. So I obviously have some good memories in playoff games there, but obviously trying to make some new memories and bring some good memories to some of the players who weren't part of those games. Now, I, I wasn't at that 07 game. I was at the Green Bay Press Gazette at the time. My colleagues, Matt Tevish and, and Keith Rodink, were, and they remember going to the Giants locker room after that championship game. And it was you know like 45 minutes after the game was over. And Eli Manning was still... Fully dressed, basically, as I recall them saying. And must have been, I don't know if Manning's married or if it was a significant other or whoever it was, but she came into the locker room and gave Eli a hug and she says, I can't believe you won. And Eli said, I can't believe we won either. So that was a, a memorable game, but not a memorable game for the Packers. And then finally, one last note here a close series. Green Bay leads the regular season series 27, 23, and 2. But just how close is it? On points, Giants 924, Packers 923. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. And to check out the rest of the great Locked On Network with Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Giants. And please check out my work at PackerReport.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.